one. Hello, and welcome to this episode of our Unsolved series. I'm David Lydon. In this episode, we're diving into a case from Mackinac County. Marvel Anderson was last seen leaving LaSalle High School in St. Ignace on the afternoon of May 2nd, 1994. Her body wasn't found until about a year and a half later by bear hunters in the Hiawatha National Forest. Anderson was also pregnant at the time of her disappearance and had a doctor's appointment scheduled to check in on the pregnancy right around the time she went missing. State police have been investigating her death as a homicide, but it remains unsolved. Before we hear from them about the investigation, we wanted to get a better idea of who Anderson was. We met one of her classmates, Dave Massey, in downtown St. Ignace. I just, uh, I remember Marvel being uh, an outgoing person, friendly, uh, uh, you know, great smile. You couldn't, you, she's one of those people when you'd, when you'd see her, if you, if you were having a bad day and you saw her smile, you know, the day was probably a little bit better. And that smile is what we see in pictures too. Yeah, it is. It is. That's what, and I have a picture when I started looking in, you know, remembering and looking in, I have that picture and just to remind me to kind of keep going, you know. But, yeah. And then the day after she went missing, tell me what uh, you remember. You um, thought that she was just maybe... We thought maybe she just, you know, stepped away for a little bit, you know, went and stayed at a friend's house um, and just, you know, just, you know, not run away, but just taking a break, you know, never thought, you know, anything bad, you know, seriously bad. Massey admits he didn't know Anderson terribly well in high school, but something about the case has always stuck with him the same way it stuck with so many people in St. Ignace. You know, it was a shock, especially being so young. I mean, you, um, but I think we were so involved with being so young and you're involved in sports and different things. It didn't hit you like it would hit you as an adult. You know, you wouldn't really realize. You knew if something was bad and, and people were sad. And I know the people that were a lot closer to her uh, really felt it a lot more than I probably I did. You know, she was a friend, but not so close. The case stuck with Massey enough that he obtained countless documents and files on it, getting a better idea of the full scale of the investigation. It's been so long before I started really looking into it, but I remember seeing her, her friends would post stuff on Facebook on her, either her birthday or around her birthday, you know, just remembering her. And I have kids now, and I thought, man, if something happened to you know one of my kids, I wouldn't want it to go unsolved. And I time I went from high school and into my career in different, different careers, um, investigator was one of those um, throughout my life. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to look into this. Um, and, you know, of course, listen to podcasts too. I thought the message gets out there through podcasts. And if I can help, you know, I'm going to try it. So, so you got a hold of documents? And I got hold of some documents, um, did FOIA requests. Um, and then I met with a couple people around town here and then uh, the detective uh, the current detective for the Michigan State Police here at this this office. From your perspective, when, when you started looking or finally got a hold of those documents, did anything stand out to you or jump out at you that, I guess we'll start just, you know, jump out at you? I would say some of the things, I'm not a real big uh, believer in a coincidence. Mm -hmm. So some of the things that happened leading up to her disappearance, um, some of the uh, maybe people involved, things like that. That stuck out to me. Um, initially, I thought, being from a small town, I, it, when I was in high school, when it happened, I thought, you know, boy, the police, you know, dropped the ball on this one. They didn't do any. That's not the truth. Um, looking into it and meeting with some, 
law enforcement that worked there on the time at the time they really did they did some work you know they did look in they tried to find they did um, they did a lot of research trying to find out what happened um, but sometimes and as of right now it's not solved but you know there's still missing pieces there's still some missing pieces there's still some people um, I think that have some information and um, that could help you mentioned in one of the Facebook posts, and I think it was the one that kind of got my attention, is you said it, it can be hard to come forward. Yes. And, and it can be scary to come forward. What, what, what's your message to people that are maybe just holding on to a little bit of information or, or maybe hesitant to, to talk, even though it has been a couple of decades right. since this happened? I would say, I would say if, you, if you believe you have information, even if it's the um, minuscule, if you believe it's a small amount of information that's no good, still come forward because that little bit of information that you may have may be a big piece. And uh, not, not to be afraid, not to be um, scared of what might happen, but you could be solving something and helping a family, um, you know, helping them solve, not, not solve, but helping them with a little bit of closure maybe. Now let's talk about the law enforcement side. Detective Sergeant Gary Demers is the man now leading the investigation into Anderson's death. We met him at the state police post in St. Ignace to get an idea of where the case stands now. But first, what happened on that spring afternoon back in 1994? Marvel Anderson was originally reported as a runaway to the St. Ignace Police Department in 1994. And through time after their investigation of the runaway didn't result in her discovery, uh, the following year, bear hunters in a portion of Mackinac County discovered human remains uh, in the woods that ended up being identified as those of Marvel Anderson. There was evidence at the scene that led investigators immediately to believe that this was a homicide. The gap of time between when Marvel was reported missing and her body being discovered was significant. It really allowed whoever may be responsible for her homicide to get a good jump start on law enforcement and it caused law enforcement to be delayed for a fairly significant amount of time to make that transition between a runaway and a homicide investigation. Because this whole time they were still treating it, up until she was found, it was still considered a missing persons. That's or, correct. Sorry, a runaway. As a runaway, and that's correct. As a, as a runaway. What was it that indicated that she may have run away? Can you talk at all about that? that made that initial kind of report and the initial thought was, hey, she just, she just took off. There were some messages, some notes that were left at her home for her mother and information from different friends in the area that led investigators originally to believe that she was a runaway. And she was pregnant. That's correct. Um, ultrasound was, I think, the next day. Uh, I believe the ultrasound was the day previous. The, okay. uh, she had a doctor's appointment the day previous to when she went missing. Okay. Um, when we talk about after she was found, what can you talk about the investigation at that point when it turned into a homicide investigation? What were some of the leads that started being chased down? Um, as much as you can talk about with it still being an open, sure. open case. The original investigators back in the 1990s uh, began to interview a lot of Marvel's friends, uh, family members, acquaintances in the St. Ignace area. Uh, to try and figure out what was going on in her life at the time and what may have led up to her being found in the woods. What did they say as far as what was going on and kind of where she was at? Uh, Aside so, from being you know, six, 16 and pregnant. Yeah, she was 16 and pregnant. Um, she was a very popular girl back in school 
and had a lot of friends, had a lot of acquaintances, had a lot of people that she spent time with outside of school. Um, kind of a normal, typical teenage girl. So what happened to that typical teenage girl? It's a question investigators have been desperately trying to answer. How far did the investigation get in the 90s as far as <clears throat> chasing down leads or how exhausted did it get after it was ruled a homicide? Investigators chased down every lead that they had. They interviewed tons of people. They interviewed dozens and dozens of people. There were potential suspects that were named and eliminated, uh, others that were named and have not yet been eliminated. So they did extensive interviews, they conducted searches of property, of evidence, uh, evidence that was seized at the scene was forwarded to crime labs for analysis. So they exhausted every investigative avenue that was presented to them at the time. They went as far as they could until 2008 when the arrival of new technology gave investigators a reason to give the case another look. Uh, back in 2008, uh, some of the investigators that were present in 2008 looked at all the old property, all the old evidence that we had, forwarded a bunch of items to the crime lab in hopes that advancements in DNA technology and evidence processing could help further this investigation. And you've been on the case since when? Uh, I became the detective at this post in 2015. And where, where does the case stand now? What do you still need on this? It's pretty cool in terms of cold cases. Yeah, we're still hopeful that there are advancements. There's advancements every day in DNA technology. So we're hopeful that there'll be advancements to be able to further the investigation with the evidence that was collected originally. We'd also love for people that may have knowledge of what happened to Marvel to come forward and be willing to talk to us. Um, we're very confident that there are members of this community that have information uh, that might help further the investigation, and we'd love to talk to them. Are you looking for specific pieces to fill in, or just any, essentially anything at all that oh. maybe somebody thinks is insignificant or could be? We'd love to talk to anybody that's willing to come and sit down with us that feels like they may have information that wasn't expressed back when the original investigation took place. Well, something that someone feels maybe fairly insignificant might make a big deal or a big difference to us. Um, any memories that people have, we'd love to hear them. We'd love to be able to talk to the people about that. And just anything small that someone might have that thinks it's insignificant might be the piece that we're missing to be able to start to put this case together. And that was Detective Sergeant Gary Demers with the Michigan State Police. If you have any information about what happened to Marvel Anderson, you're asked to contact Michigan State Police. Thank you for listening to this episode of Unsolved. Check back next month as we dive into another unsolved mystery from Northern Michigan. For 9 and 10 News, I'm David Lydon.